Welcome back to Sister Hoop, the podcast about sisterhood, hoops, and everything in between. I'm your host, Olivia Brown, and I'm a D1 basketball player at St. Bonaventure University. On this episode of Sister Hoop, Ariane Bradshaw, a retreat senior from the University of Dayton, is joining us. Ariane popped onto my radar because she just started a new coalition for the A-10 called Athletes Driving Change, which serves as an outlet to educate and engage student athletes about police brutality, voting, and overall change for racial equality. This conversation was amazing. Ariane is the daughter of a police officer, so we talked about what it is like for her dad to be both a black man and a cop. We also discussed a controversial topic in America, Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter. And on top of that, Ariane shared her experience of winning a national championship at South Carolina, her relationship with the great Asia Wilson, the impact her baby sisters have on her advocacy, and how students can create lasting change for equality. You're listening to Sister Hoop Episode 5 with Dayton's Ariane Bradshaw. Let's get into it. What's your favorite memory of sisterhood with your teammates? I think I think for me it's always the stuff that we do off the court, like whether it's any type of team bonding that's like but like not forced. Like if I know a couple of years ago we all went to Top Golf and we were all terrible at it, but it was just something that we could do that was like we're out, we're enjoying each other's each other's company and like we're having fun. Like we're getting to know each other, we're laughing, we're joking and I think those are the moments for me where they build the most team chemistry, like game nights. We always do a ton of game nights. I don't know, anything where we can like actually just laugh, let our hair down, have fun. Like those are the moments that I always remember the most. Yeah. And you can tell like, because obviously we played each other last year. You can tell just from your guys' team chemistry on the court, you have that built up. It makes so much of a difference too. Like you can feel like the teams that I've been on, you can tell like when we don't have team chemistry, it shows in our record. Like it's, and it's so crazy. You would think that it's like X's and O's, but it's like, it's really that chemistry that I think like has separated like the good teams I've been on from like the okay teams Mm -hmm. easily. So what's one of your favorite hoops memories? Ooh, Uh, probably up there is um, just the run we had to the national championship my freshman year. Like, yeah, it was so surreal. Like, like now that it's over and I look back at it, I'm like, I don't even believe that I was there. Like, like it's just, it was such a whirlwind. It was so crazy. Um, my uh, senior year, my junior year, like you watch the games and you're like, man, like this looks like a lot of fun or whatever. And you just like, I wish I was there. Like that's my goal to be there. But when you're there, it's like, I don't even think I realized what was happening. And like, until after it happened, like I don't even think I realized the magnitude of like, we're playing for a national championship. We're in the final four. Like, I don't think I even realized that until it was after it happened. And, and then my family got to come, which was super cool because um, my little sisters were so young. But I know they remember it. And, like, and my dad's a big hoops guy. He loves Duke basketball. So, like, yeah. for him to be, like, super excited and be at a national championship game and there for, like, his kid was, like, right. so crazy. So that was just that's still a whirlwind still crazy to think about yeah well I'm sure also because it was your freshman year you didn't go through it where you know because in most programs they're not winning the national championship it's one out of everyone you your freshman year experienced that right from the get-go yeah and like it's just like like I said freshman year you're taking everything in so like I feel like our upperclassmen, like, this is where they, this was their goal. This is where they wanted to get to. But as a freshman, you're coming in, you're just like, I'm just trying to figure it out. And, like, for that to be the year that you figure it out and be on the biggest stage, like, it was so crazy. So, so crazy. So what was that like playing with Asia Wilson? 
Oh man. Um Asia's a great player, but I don't think very many people like know that she's probably a better person. Like really. She is like super caring. She's super thoughtful. She obviously works hard, but that's just not even on the court. Like she's a great person. Her game has evolved in like so many different ways since she's left college. Um and she's continuing to embrace the fact that her teams need her to be great and she's producing at a high level and she always has um so yeah a great person great player but yeah it was she's awesome all yeah. around, all around so did you talk to her when you were starting athletes driving change no i've talked to her since like the bubble has started and like mm-hmm. just um, cuz she's on the committee the social justice committee for the WNBA um so like I've talked to her just in general about like how that process has been to get like a whole league on the same page like right and these are like professionals so they really don't have to do anything that they don't want to like in college like if your team does it normally the whole team is going to do it but like in professional like you can do what you want so like to get a whole league on the same page like that was incredible so um no, I definitely talked to her once I seen how the WNBA was putting all that together um just in, because it had a whole league-wide approach and then the magnitude. I think the way that they approached it influenced the NBA, influenced soccer, influenced baseball, like it influenced so many other sports. For listeners who don't know about Athletes Driving Change, explain your vision and mission for the coalition that you created. So Athletes Driving Change was basically founded on the ideas of equality. Like I think our main goal is making sure that people not only understand what equality looks like, how they can impact that and um my biggest focus was to um target college age kids because i feel like those are the people in the demographic that will ultimately have the most change on the country in the future i think we just have the biggest the biggest platform and we have the most amount of time to do it um and we're the most influential group because we not only do we listen a lot but we put out a lot and we're the most uh kind of active especially on the social media platform so I just I, I just wanted to make sure that um, we're educating people that are our age on what their power is because I think like for me before this I didn't know that I had the power to vote for the attorney generals that may or may not have convicted Breonna, Breonna Taylor's uh, murders like things like that I don't think a lot of people my age knew um, and I didn't know that before it happened so like just making sure we're continuing to educate and whether that's about what you can vote for or the way that you can protest. Because at the end of the day, this is a reoccurring cycle of kind of the disenfranchisement of African-Americans, the just unfortunate treatment in general. And it's a it's a cycle. And obviously <clears throat> the things that have been done before just, just weren't good enough. Like it just didn't work. And so we have to continue to figure out ways for it to work. Um, and to find new ways. And I think the only way to do that is to continue to educate. Also, we want to serve, make sure we're giving back to the community, make sure younger generations, you know, can connect with us, but then have a platform for them to share their story with us and we can share their story with them. And then the Black Lives Matter game is also important because at the end of the day, the same way we celebrate breast cancer survivors, I want to celebrate diversity. I want to celebrate people who might walk into a room and don't always feel like they fit in. You know, just making sure that in a holistic perspective, we're being better human beings. And I think that's our that's our biggest goal. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like with all this stuff that's been happening, it's easy to feel hopeless 
you know what I mean? So when yeah. we have outlets, like the stuff that you're doing with athletes driving change and educating people and starting these protests, it's giving people mm-hmm. an outlet to say, I feel hopeless, but here's what I can do. How did you come up with this idea? Honestly, the way George Floyd was murdered was the breaking point, I think. Like that was the that was the beginning of it, the first domino to fall. It took me a while to watch the video. Um, just because I I seen it all on social media, but I couldn't believe it. Like it was one of those things where you're like, no way, like this can't be happening. And then eventually I watched it and I was like, it was just a rush of emotions for me. Um, and it took me a minute, I wrestled with it. Um, but, at, but at the end of it, I was like, the fact that I feel this strongly means I need to act on it um, in some way, whether that's just talking to my teammates or doing something bigger, but I need to act on it. And, you know, I talked to my dad, um, I talked with my coaches and this idea just kind of formed. And then um, there was actually, I was sitting in my, in my house um, over quarantine and I got an ESPN notification for uh, coaches for change that started in the big East. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is this. I felt like this was my this was my sign, and I, I reached out to all the coaches, and I was like, "How'd you get it started?" Because um, I want to know. Because I want something like this. And when I reached out to those coaches, and and kind of they felt kind of our protectors when we're away from home, because that's that's what it is when you're not with your family every day. Those coaches are are looking after your well being. So I was our protectors of as student athletes when I got their perspective, and then and I reached out to. <clears throat> other uh, basketball players in the A-10 and I got how they were feeling. I was like, okay, I know I'm, it's, I'm not alone. Right. So now what can I do? So it was kind of one of those things where I felt something, I kind of understood what other people were feeling. I'm like, okay, let's put something in action. You said that you were talking with your dad about this. So I read an article and I was surprised mm-hmm. that your dad is a police officer for 31 years. Yes. What have those conversations yes. been like between you and your dad? with him both being a black man and a cop? Yeah, uh, super interesting. Um, my dad is one of those people that he doesn't say much. He's kind of like me. He doesn't say much until something really hits home for him. Um, he kind of watches, internalizes, and then once he, well, once he's going, he's going. Um, right. So it was one of those things, just casual, you know, dining room conversation, but um, my dad had seen the video of Ahmaud Aubrey and we showed it to him. My mom, myself, and my older sister showed it to him. And he was like floored. Like he was just like out of his mind. And like, I just kind of picked his brain. I'm like, what are you feeling? And he's like, you know, for me, I've had, which I didn't know, but my dad is uh, was telling me that he, working in his profession, like, especially recently, he's had people come up to him and be like, kind of insinuate that he was like other cops out there doing bad things and for my dad I know that hit home for him because in the community that I grew up in everybody knows my dad like he's just one of those those he's one of those figures that everybody knows um he coaches basketball he's a police officer he ran a uh, non-profit summer camp when I was younger like everybody just knows my dad yeah. um so I think for him that was tough to be going through a, a time in history where our police are overall looked at as negative figures or people that are there to hurt us or protect us. Um, and I think that was tough for him. He was definitely a little torn, but again, he was just so, so on the side of right and wrong. And at the end of the day, he was like, all I can do is continue to do the right thing um, and, and continue to push people. If I can 
get one person next to me to do the right thing, they're making progress. This is a difficult and a very layered question. I just want to pick your brain about this because there are these two opposing groups right now, right? It's Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter. It seems like it It seems like it's either one or the other. So what do you hear when you think of these terms? Um, for me, hmm, that's tough. Those kind of, those kind of, um, kind of headlines, I pay little attention to. Um, I try to really focus in on the story. So I know usually the headline is what is trying to grab people's attention. Um, so for me, if I see a Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter type of headline, it doesn't immediately grab my attention because I know the story beneath it could be very different than the headline. Um, so I I try to stay away from those those big overarching like kind of themes because I know people can take them and run with them in so many different ways. But at their face value, I think at the end of the day, every person is a part of multiple different groups. So my dad is now a part of Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, and so am I as his daughter. So, you know, for me, I just try to, at the end of the day, look at the facts. And I know that as Black people, we're going through so many different things. And I know as police officers, they're going through so many different things. So it's tough. Like you said, it's it's a tough subject. It's a tough line to walk. Um, but I just try to focus on, you know, the facts and really looking into what are these people, what are these different groups going through? Because at the end of the day, it might not be a group that, I, that I'm a part of, but their struggle is no, it doesn't mean their struggle is not valid because I'm not a part of it. Right, because it's the same way that your dad is sometimes being judged for being a cop. It's blanket statements that can be really mm-hmm. hurtful and harmful to those people. So you just have that's, to read the story, not the headline, you know? Yeah, that's the, and that's what people, I think a lot of people miss, especially on social media. Like the headline is supposed to grab you. It's supposed to bring you in. Yeah. And usually the headlines are what evoke the most emotion. So you got to you got to read the story because you're interested, not because of what's on the top of the page. That. Oh, man, that is so true. Like <laughs> it is. You're right. It's headlines. It's short little clips or it's three slides or whatever. But in other ways, it's what's getting our generation to vote more and get out mm-hmm. there. What's making outlets like Athletes Driving Change so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Social media is, is amazing in all that it does, good and bad. It's just, it has such a like crazy impact. Social media is like literally changing the world. Yeah. With your two younger sisters, what are their names? So I have two little, little sisters. Little, little um, sister. Adrienne is five, Aubrey's eight, and then I have a younger sister who's 19. Her name's Ariel, and then it's me. Um, and then my older sister's 25. Having them, like especially being so young, has that been motivating you to make a change in the world? Absolutely. Um, they like, they give me life. Like they give me my air to breathe. It's so crazy. Um, eight years ago, my mom was pregnant. I'm like, another one? Like we're gonna have another kid? Like what's happening? But like, <laughs> my life and my purpose, I feel like would not be the same without them. And I feel like I would not be who I am without them. And I think. <clears throat> In eight years, I've changed more than I did the 15 before that, like just because of them too. So um, them two are like, love them to death. Um, I don't want to get emotional about them, but they're, 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 um, like I said, they're my, they're my air. They're the reason why I breathe. Um, Now that I have two people that look up to me, like 
I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but with them two, like whatever I say, it's like gold. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's like so crazy because my other two sisters are not like that. Right. And even with my mom, like, I don't know what it is with me, but not, not to promise it's not to brag because it stresses me out, but just knowing that they, they're paying attention to mm. me. I got them. I just, I just got to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. And then I always thought that, um, doing the right thing for them meant just being a good role model, teaching them like how to be a, a, a bright young lady, how to be a, a strong woman when the time comes and how to speak up for themselves and those kind of things. But like, as our world kind of went upside down this past summer, I realized that like, not only do I have to teach and show them, I have to change things for them. Um, and I think, you know, athletes driving change although they might not be athletes i think just showing them that they have the power to do something and actually doing stuff that'll change things that they may or may not go through like i just want to make sure that you know i have not only the impact of teaching them things but also showing them and and changing things for them they they definitely are definitely are my inspiration definitely are my motivation and my purpose for a lot of things that i do yeah. Wow. That was so well said. Like, cause I have two younger sisters as well. And do you? Yeah. And they both play basketball and younger siblings like change the world. Like, I don't know what it is about them, but like having younger siblings change the world and like them playing basketball and you playing basketball. Like I can't imagine like what that's like. Like, I feel like that is like, like that would literally out of my heartstrings are like, that's so crazy. <laughs> It is, and it's emotional because you just care for them at such a deeper level than you think that you can yeah. care for anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How old are your siblings? Are you My sister Jillian is a senior in high school, and Macy mm. is a sophomore. And Jillian's mm. going to Northwestern next year. And awesome. Macy, and Macy, actually, she's looking at Dayton, so she loves your guys' as coaches. She she loves awesome. the program. So we're, we're a basketball That is school. so awesome. That is so awesome. Northwestern's a great school, too. That's yeah. really cool. Gosh, I'm excited for her. That's and awesome. I don't know if you can tell this about me, but like I'm biracial. So my dad's black and my mom's white. Mm-hmm. And yeah. although I look white passing, like my sisters look more biracial than I do. And mm. it's tough. You know what I mean? Like I was about to ask, how is that? It's hard because I don't necessarily face the discrimination head on, mm. but don't cross me because I'm an avid. You know what I mean? Like I, I see mm-hmm. it and I hear about it and I'm my sister's protectors in some ways it gives me a perspective where it's like, don't think that you can bring those attitudes or that discrimination towards me, even though I look like mm-hmm. I'm passing, like it, it doesn't yeah. apply with me. Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest advocate for social change and I'm very proud of who yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, and then you doing this, it protects my sisters too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it affects mm-hmm. not just my little sisters, your little sisters, but, but everyone. And it's so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's super dope. That's super dope. You, you have like a, you have a gem within you. Like that is so cool. That is really cool. Thanks. So cool. That is yeah. so cool. So, what are some things that college students, athletes, or non-athletes can do on their campus to help with this movement? Um, I think the biggest thing is just continue to be vocal. Um, continue to you know, ask questions of your police chiefs. Like, hey, if you see one outside or you see a police, like a campus police officer, hey, like, how are you doing? 
Like, how is this going for you? And I think those relationships that we can build as, like, we're kind of in a bubble on college campuses. Like, it just is what it is. We're kind of in this weird bubble. So continue to build those relationships within this bubble will, when it's time for you to leave, be monumental in the impact that you can have. So I think the biggest thing on campus is continue to be vocal, continue to be genuine in the in the kind of things that you do daily, whether it's just saying hi to people or if it's going up to your teammates like, hey, did you register to vote? When are you going to vote? Like anything. I think just being super genuine, being super vocal and like unapologetic about it. It's okay to be kind of out there and the things that you believe, especially if it's something you believe wholeheartedly. I think, yeah, just you got to go out there and do it. Um, find something that you're passionate about, whether it's voting, whether it's making sure, you know, your police officers are cared for, whether it's talking to your coaches, whether it's making sure your administration is doing something for diversity and inclusion, whether it's making sure your school is doing something for diversity and inclusion, like whatever it is, just find out what your passion is and then wholeheartedly figure out how you can attack it and make it better because there's so many ways that we can be better. That's so true. It's like, don't feel hopeless, put it into action. Yeah. Like you got to now people's ears and eyes are open to everything. So it's like, just go for it. Go for it. There'll be, there's going to be somebody out there that will not only support you, but figure out how to make it bigger each, each step of the way. Right. Yeah, and it's more urgent now too. All you have to do is start. Yeah. All you have to do is start. Yep. And you can start by following Athletes Drive Change on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you taking your time out of your day talking with me. Yeah, no, I think what you're doing, like, like I've always thought this kind of platform where there's like open and honest conversation is what people miss because. Yeah. You can change anything on social media for words or whatever, but like these kind of open conversations are like when people learn the most. So yeah, you're, what you're doing is amazing. Like getting people out there and allowing, allowing them to talk freely and, you know, you having genuine interest in their stories is like unheard of. So thank you for even letting me come on here and, and talk and babble for a couple minutes. I appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, so after this though, we're we're still rivals, okay? Just to get that. No, that's fine. I completely understand. (laughs) Nope, I completely understand. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I'll be linking the website of Athletes Driving Change in the description below. Go check it out, support, and like Ariane said, reach out to your police force. Make your voice heard on social media. Vote in your local election and ultimately be genuine in the way you approach social change. Thank you for listening to Sister Hoop. And as always, I'll see you in the gym.